As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. I'll be on the bed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Hey, Luke. Hey, Jed. How are you, sir? Man, I'm really good. How about yourself? Good, good. Usually, our listeners would probably never realize this because by the time that we hit record, I'm just chipper and ready to go. But as you know, I usually start our weekly phone call with some type of tirade, piss and moan <laughs> session about something. You know, I mean, just because who else is going to listen to me, right? I have, I have very few friends that would actually put up with that. But today, for yep. whatever reason, like I am just in an excellent mood so i hope that that wow. comes through in the podcast but in saying that i doubt that i'm in as good a mood as big jed <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today and some fun stuff to cover but where else to start but uh, for those of you that hadn't heard big jed pulled down a 10 grander this weekend why don't you tell us a little bit about it well it was fun to be back at the track obviously just a, a week removed from bones doing the wheelie hashtag the wheelie that uh hurt big red and but the guys at Huntsville engine worked real hard got me back up and going new pan got the front end of line really got it fixed up and 
Hashtag drag the tag. <laughs> Hashtag drag the tag. I took her down to uh, Holiday Raceway, my one of my local tracks here, one of my favorites. And yeah, they had a little shootout on Friday night that was, um, you know, like three or four grand or something like that. And um, I went 499 red in round one. So that was pretty frustrating. Come back on Saturday in the $10,000 to win race and car was really good. I was, I fouled it up a couple of times and got away with it and was decent at best and just ended up somehow uh, holding the, the check at the end of the day. So really good day. I was uh, really excited to just have my car back and doing well and then to come out with a win just was icing on the cake. Very good, very good. Knocked off uh, Anthony Jones in the final, is that right? Yep, beat my buddy AJ in the final. Had David Taylor in the quarters and uh, sandwiched that in between with um, Johnny Bracket Racing. So. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. Yeah. When, well, when I think Holiday Raceway, I think of David Taylor and Anthony Jones. Yes. So you sandwiched them with Johnny Bracket Racing. That, that's a pretty stout last three rounds right there. Big it, it was. It was tough competitors. Um, it wasn't a huge crowd on hand, unfortunately. I think they had about 60 cars and a guaranteed purse, so they deserved better. But, uh, man, I tell you, the 60 that was there was was capable of winning. It was just one of those races, you know. Uh, fortunate to come out on top. No no complaining out of me. Big Red's good to go, ready to, to move to the next one. Now, the last time I won, we spent like 30 minutes of the show and you grilled me. Should I have an interview prepared? <laughs> no, I wouldn't think this is interview worthy. This, this no, was, this is a 10 grander, Jed. Like, this is something people dream yeah. of. This is, this is, don't humble yourself too much now. We haven't interviewed anybody that won a 10 grander this year, so I don't see a reason why we should start now. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, one key round. Break it down for me. What was the round you should have uh, got away with that you did? There were two of those, honestly. The The first one was actually against my, my our good buddy Bones. Oh, this should have uh, just been the, the title bout for the door car representative for the Slammers. You should have knocked him <laughs> off his perch right there. Yeah, I, I made a good lap, but he made a little less lap than he typically does, and I got away with it. He ended up taking a couple of thou at the stripe to be a couple of thou under. So I felt lucky to get by with that one because I pulled into staging lanes terribly. And then the next key round was uh, David Taylor at eight. I was 32. I was Flinch City. And I uh, lit it up stellar 32. It's one of those when the car leaves, you're just mad as you can be. And then your wind light comes on on the scoreboard when you hear him hit the loud pedal and I knew I got away with one there when I got the ticket. Yeah, he was 497 and I was uh, 532. So I was uh, probably the most fortunate right there at eight because that propelled me on to at least the split. Right, right. And a uh, little rest for the weary. I assume you are headed to Galat in, uh, in short order. Yeah, checking JJ out of school at noon on Wednesday and um, been going wide open ever since. Sunday morning since yesterday morning and getting everything ready. This is a quick turnaround and we're heading on the 550 mile ride about lunchtime Wednesday. Nice, nice. I know we've already spent some time on the podcast here discussing the uh, the Spring Fling and its first journey to Galatz. I want to talk a ton about it today, but we went into the Spring Fling Million in, in Vegas just kind of with a gut feeling. You got a gut feeling about anybody who's, let's say the, the Friday race is the big day, right? 50 grand. Who, uh, yes, it who is. Who you see taking down the top prize? 
Well, you know, it's these things are always tough because you never know. It's, there's no entry list, so you never know who's going to be there. But I got a pretty good feeling these guys will be there. And I say if a dragster wins, it's going to be Tommy Cable. Hard to bet against him at the spring fling, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's really tough at the spring fling. Obviously, driving Bertozzi stuff, he's got great equipment, and Tommy will be ready to go. And I feel like if a door car wins, it's going to be a guy that's feared everywhere he goes, but especially in North Carolina, and I think that'll be another Tommy. It'll be Tommy Plot. Both excellent picks there, Big Jed. Uh, yeah, what about you? Well, I, I feel some pressure coming on here because I, I basically, granted, we picked a number of potential winners at the Powerball, but I, I called out Cameron Manuel, and I didn't yeah, really, like, I, I picked Disco Dean to win the million, but I, in a way, I kind of called my own shot. So you did? Like, it's not like I'm batting a thousand, but <laughs> I at least mentioned the winner of both of those events. So, no pressure on Jeremy York, but I'm going to stick it in the Midwest here, take one of our one of our area racers. Ooh. I saw that they're making the trip. They're, the York family is uh, has always supported the flings they even drove to vegas last year and jeremy for those that don't know jeremy is a is a threat to win anywhere kind of a terror yes. in the midwest but yeah I'll, that that's my pick i'll take uh, i'll take jeremy york to take down the 50k friday very good choice york is uh, is always a tough out anywhere he goes should be a lot of fun that's this coming up weekend we talked a little bit about your weekend at holiday but there was a lot of racing across the country as is typical this time of year Let's start off with the four wides in Charlotte, uh, NHRA national event. I think the biggest storyline there is little Caboose, John Laboose Jr. with the double up, winning Super Comp, winning Super Gas. We mentioned a couple episodes ago that he's been on a tear this season. I think he had already logged a couple of Super Gas wins as well as a Super Comp win. I hadn't looked at the point standings, but he's got to be, I don't know, a I would say the favorite, maybe in both classes. Uh, obviously, it's early in the season, but off to a heck of a start. And obviously, the double up at an NHRA national event is uh, is pretty rare air. He's one of 22 drivers to accomplish that feat. Those 22 drivers have accounted for 35 double up wins, which is kind of impressive. Most of wow. those coming from Scotty and Edmund Richardson. I think Rampy's got a couple and a handful of other racers. But Fletcher, yeah. Yeah. My challenge for you, Big Jed, and, and this... Uh, this was unrehearsed, so we'll see where you go with this. <laughs> I tried just off the cuff to name the 22 drivers that have doubled up. And there was a time, there's actually been a lot of people that have done this in the last four or five years. There was a time when it was a real elite club, even more so. And there was a time when I could name all of them. Like I knew them like the back of my hand because it's a huge, you know, pedestal. Wow. I can't do that now, but I got to 17 on my own. Oh, my goodness. I've been trying to follow up with Kevin McKenna and get a complete list. I don't have it right now. Uh, probably will by the time that this airs. But let's, uh, off the cuff, we mentioned a couple of them. How many can you come up with, big guy? Yeah, that's uh, ooh, that's going to be tough on me. But obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with John LaBoose Jr. That's a, uh, that's a good one. Where'd you come up with that? <laughs> Scotty Edmund, uh, Luke Bogacki. Negative. They didn't do it. Okay, I wasn't been sure. Close. Um, been close. Uh, the yeah, only time that, that I got particularly close, I won Super Gas at Brainerd and came back around for the final of Super Comp before a guy named Steve Micus just wrecked me. So that's the only time mm. I've been close. Yeah, Micus. Yeah, Micus. You watch Micus. Yeah. So Rampy has done it. Fletcher has done it. Peter has done it. Man, I I, I want to go with another Biondo and say Sal has done it. Am I am I correct? 
Like I say, I don't have the complete listing, but okay. I do not believe so. Okay, I thought there was a chance that could have happened. Oh my goodness, I am just, I mean, I am drawing a blank here. Put you on the I, spot here. I'll give you a second to think through. Well, that's okay. I, I, I should be on the spot. This is a sportsman drag racing <laughs> podcast. I should know my sportsman <laughs> drag racing better than I do. <laughs> I'm probably, it's probably somebody that's fairly close to me. Uh, Jeff Strickland. Strick got one at Gainesville last year. That's a good pick. So I feel like there's probably some more in this area. I would feel like Sherm has done it. I don't believe Sherm has done it, believe oh, it or wow. not. You know, you'd feel like Williams, one of the Williams boys has done it, but I don't know that either. I don't uh, believe that's the case either. They have, which I mean, their focus hasn't been on the NHRA ranks as much, but they have a select few national event wins between them. I know it was the longest time where I would always say that Troy was the best driver to not won a national event. I believe he's got one or two yeah. under his belt now. And I know Gary has at least one because he cracked me in the final at Chicago a couple of years ago. <laughs> Shoot, has uh, has Jeggy done it? Ding, ding, ding. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Jeggy was actually a part of what I believe is the only event that ever had two double up winners at the same race. Oh, wow. But I doubt that you'll guess the other one. Yeah. From that event. Probably, it, it's, uh, probably not. Far uh, from an obscure name, but not one that would just jump to the forefront. Man, Luke, uh, Tommy Phillips has done oh, it. Oh, good. I was there for that one. Yep. He did yeah. it at Dallas several years ago. Uh, okay, so there's going to be, you know, at least a handful of West Coast guys that I'm not thinking about this done it. Uh, has Ed Open done it? <laughs> Ed Open did it in Pomona this year. Good call. Yeah, good I can't call. remember if he won. I can't remember if he won too there, but I thought he did. <laughs> Hashtag Team Luke. That's um, right. That's right. Oh, goodness. I'm 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 running out of steam here, but I, I I don't know how far you went there, Jed. But I, I wasn't keeping track. I'd say you got a dozen though. That's pretty good for just completely off the cuff. Yeah, I probably wasn't too bad. Probably wasn't too bad. I should like I said. I don't have the complete list here, but the ones I do know, the first person to ever do it was not Edmund Richardson, not Scotty Richardson, Pat Austin. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. about that going turning the clock wow. back a little bit on you. I think Edmund was shortly thereafter. Scotty shortly after that. You mentioned Peter Biondo. Kevin Helms has won has doubled oh. up at least once. You mentioned Rampy. You mentioned Fletcher. Our boy Brad Plord did it at Seattle. Oh my like goodness! I knew years ago. I knew Brad did that. Jimmy DeFrank, I believe, has a pair of double up wins. One at Pomona. One at Vegas, if I remember correctly. One that most people probably wouldn't come to light just because we don't think of him anymore as a sportsman racer. Drew Skillman is actually his first two national event wins were a double up at Atlanta. Really? Uh-huh. Stock and super stock. You mentioned Tommy Phillips. You mentioned Jaggy. Jody Lang has doubled, I believe, twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Strick. You mentioned Ed Olpin. Jeff Taylor is on that list. I believe that was at Denver years and years ago. I want to say when Jeff was actually still running Super Comp. I want to say that was Super Comp and Super Stock, if I'm not mistaken. Gary Stinnett has doubled, which is no surprise. The man who joined JEG in that winter circle, which was the Sports Nationals at Columbus a few years back, the only race that I know of that has had two double-up winners was Todd France. Won a competition eliminator oh, yeah. and Super Stock there. And like I say, there are, I believe four double up winners that I am forgetting. So I'll just challenge the listeners there. I, I'll have this complete list from KMAC sometime probably by the end of the night. 
you guys tell us who the last four is. We're missing four. I got a feeling when you tell us who they are, we're going to say, oh, my God, that was so obvious. But we can't yeah. think of them. So. <laughs> That's good stuff. That was fun. All right. All right. So uh, outside of Caboose getting uh, getting his double up, other winners, Comp Eliminator, which we don't touch much on, but I wanted to mention, wanted to give a shout out to Bruno. Bruno looks like he just ran over the field. Took 2000 in the final, trying to save his index, kind of put on a show. Harem had told me in Las Vegas that uh, Bruno, who essentially kind of took last year off from Comp Eliminator, Harem said, watch out. He had something for him this year. It certainly looks that way from this first, <laughs> first yeah, time that's staged a, up. That's a bad ride. Four-cylinder. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, crazy fast. That thing looks fun. Good friend. Uh, this Seeing as this was the first time that Peter had staged since he was on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, I'm going to claim podcast bump. Peter Biondo got the win in Superstock, 51st uh, victory of his career. Just so impressive. And he even, I don't know if you got to see his post-race interview, but he even alluded to all the things going on in his life right now. This this coming up between the Vegas fling and the Galat fling. They've got a little girl on the way in short order. I don't know exactly what Emily's due date is, but it ain't far off. So for him to be able to come out and perform like you would expect Peter Biondo to perform, very impressive victory for, for yes. Peter. No doubt. Shout out to Sneaky Pete. That's a, that's a guy that's going to be capable of winning every time he gets in the car. But with all he's got going on, you know, it had to be had to be a little extra challenging. But, uh, man, he and his stat sheet looked good, too. He performed well. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you know that Labuse, Bertozzi, Biondo, Seiple crowd, like, you know that there was a celebratory dinner afterwards. Oh, yeah, a nice one, too. They didn't go to Hardy's. What do you place the odds that at some point during that dinner, Seiple said, you know, sitting at this table, we got three Wallies from today represented, <laughs> even though he didn't account for any of them. That's a Seiple line there. <laughs> yes, it, it is. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that that got bantered about at some point. Yeah, and he probably talked about how many world championships were at the table, too. So that's Seiple's that's line for sure. <laughs> uh, stock Eliminator winner was Kyle Coor in a D-stick car. I didn't even see. I don't even know what that car looks like. I'll just go out on a limb and say that's a fun ride. And uh, top dragster went to Ivy, Miss Ivy Hutto Brannon. Got her first NHRA national event win, so huge congrats out to, uh, to Ivy. She's having a heck of a year. Yeah, she's on fire right now. So uh, congratulations to Ivy and and even Mr. Hutto and the family. I know they're all super excited. They have worked hard for for that moment and proud of them with KB helping there as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to create any like unrest in the household. And I'm hesitant to say this because I know KB listens to the podcast pretty regular. But you know that she got her one before he did. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. KV has yet to score on the national event level, and, and which is surprising because he obviously is a former world champion, and he's won just about everything that there is to win. Yeah. So, like I say, I hate to say that because I doubt anybody puts more pressure on KB than KB does. But uh, yep. come on, man. She's one up in you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably tough in the evening over uh, over dinner. But <laughs> Don't think it doesn't get brought up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both of those racers, very talented, not sharing the same roof. So I'm happy for them. I'm sure KB's about to come in bunches here soon. Oh, without question. Maybe, maybe this weekend <laughs> at Atlanta. And since I said that, it will probably be in Super Comp at my expense somewhere along the way. But I'll just root for him in Top Dragster. How about that? There you go. <laughs> Before we go much further, I just want to take a minute to talk about our friends at Racing RVs. 
As most of you know, because we've covered it before here on the podcast, Joe Fisher at Racing RVs and I partner on a handful of coaches each race season. These are units that are used, they're affordable, and they have built-in features that I personally look for in a racing rig. I think you would too. My family and I use these units for our own racing. We demo them, we display them, and ultimately we help racers like you purchase them from Joe and the folks at Racing RVs. Our current unit is one that I am honestly hesitant to share with you guys because I don't really want to sell it. It's the nicest, most equipped unit we have used, <laughs> but I guess that's my job. So here it goes. What we're in this week and what we're taking to Atlanta is a 2004 show hauler. It's built on a used Freightliner Century chassis. It was formerly an over-the-road truck, so it's got half a million miles on it, but it's got a 475 horsepower Cummins N14, which I'm here to tell you is a beast. I can leave anybody going uphill with the trailer. It's got a super slide. It's got a nice layout. It's got a new ceramic floor, so it looks like a newer model than an 04. Brand new generator, brand new tires. It's got an outdoor freezer, outdoor grill, awning. It's super family friendly. I love everything about the layout. And best of all, at least for me, it is the best driving unit that I've driven. It's the most comfortable going down the road. It makes me wish that I had it for the trip to Vegas and back. It's also got dual 120-gallon fuel tanks, which sounds obscene, but it is nice. Obviously, you're not going to drive that far without stopping at some point, but it's nice not to have to stop for fuel. And the best part of all, it's $99,000. It's a steal. Like, it cannot last long at that price. So, for details, contact me, check out RacingRVs.com, or give Joe a call at 419-236-1328. You want to make it in a song and do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L-Ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all in a long all right, Big Jed, in addition to the NHRA national event in Charlotte, there was a couple of division races. At least there was a couple of division races on the schedule. One uh, was in my neck of the woods at Indy. This typical date has always or typically caused problems at Indy. And again, this weekend was a complete washout. I think everybody in attendance got one time trial. And that was it. But I'll just say this, like I saw a couple of, of Facebook rants yesterday about the way that the situation was, was handled. I kind of, I know that you understand where I'm coming from, Jed. Having been on the other side of this, I have kind of a, a, a short temper for this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. What happened, obviously the forecast was awful. The forecast was awful all week. And obviously they got everybody to the racetrack. They ran one qualifying session on Friday. Weren't able to get anything in the rest of the weekend. Had to postpone the event. So you have people that are upset. Understandably, they sat in the rain all weekend. But what do you want them to do? Like, all, all I heard was, well, this race should have been canceled on Wednesday. And I, 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 hey, the forecast was awful on Wednesday. But you know what happens if you cancel that race on Wednesday? The yeah. sun comes out. And then those same people that are ranting and raving and raising hell over Facebook are going to be the same ones that take a picture of a dry racetrack and say, it looks pretty good. I wish you raced. <laughs> yeah. be, you know what? Just quit it. Like, it, there's... No matter what decision you make there, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be wrong. They tried to get the race in. It didn't happen. And hindsight is 2020. Let it go. Yeah, that was, that was a bad deal. And they're limited on makeup dates, obviously, with the one that's that's been proposed now. So just a tough deal. I felt like they had a decent plan based on what I was seeing and give it everything they had, but just a bad deal. And if you show up, with a hundred percent chance of rain for a couple of days and saying it's going to rain three to five inches 
just because they have a race, you know, you, you took ownership in it as well in the outcome. So, right now, granted, I mean, if I was involved in the all-stars points or something and felt like I had to be there, if they were going to race, like, but what are you going to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's just, absolutely that's part of this part of what we do. So the race that did get finished up, I, get, I think from what I gathered, despite not a great forecast was the division four event at the Texas Motorplex in Ennis. And as part of that event, is the uh, Mosier shootout for Division 4, which was won by the Mosier engineering entry of Slate Cummings. And I don't know if this has ever dawned on you, like if there is a shootout, like a 8-car, 16-car, 32-car race that Slate Cummings has entered in, why? (laughs) Out. Like, (laughs) I got to thinking about this, and and it to the point that I called Slate, A, to congratulate him, and B, to be like, man, do you ever lose those? And we just got to talk and like, he's not, he didn't seek me out to tell me, Hey, tell everybody how much I've won on the podcast. This was all my doings when they ran IHRA all the time as best slate could remember. Cause I just wanted to go through run by run best slate could remember their all-star shootout in IHRA used to be sponsored by Holly as best he can tell. He won six of those. Oh, when Holly dropped out of that deal, the all-star shootout was sponsored by Excel. He's won four of those. So that's 10, like, eight-car IHRA shootouts that he's won. And granted, I mean, they've been running IHRA forever, so he might have been in 20 of them. But still, yeah, the Jags All-Stars, he is maybe the only or one of just a handful of people that have won that four times. Oh, my goodness. And this was his third Mosier shootout victory. I remember one of them because, like, 15 years ago, he cracked me in the final in Virginia. <laughs> back when it was all divisions in one and it was IHRA. So I don't know what this means for the All-State competition. But that's a 32-car shootout, and Slate, I believe, is the uh, Louisiana team representative in the uh, utility category. Yes. That might not be good for the rest of the utility guys. Like, I don't know if it's the short-round race, if it's the prestige involved with them, but for whatever reason, Slate Cummings brings his A game to these things. It sounds like it. 17 of them, and, you know, it's not like they just went out and picked eight or 16 or 32 racers out of the crowd i mean these people qualify (laughs) based on solid performances throughout the year and yeah these are not soft fields that he's just mowing through he Uh, goes out there and gets it done so another job well done by slate for sure this time around he knocked off christopher dodd in the final so shout out to christopher i know i've mentioned him on the podcast before if you haven't heard that name you will he's going to be a stud but a little bit about the the all-state race before we get back to to ennis i did text back and forth with Britt a little bit today, which I try to do every couple of weeks. You know, hey, what's new with the All-State race? He said that uh, they've signed on Brodick Cylinderheads to sponsor the Top Ball Dragster category. So very awesome. cool to see uh, some manufacturer support getting behind what's going to be an awesome event. He also let me know that Motor Mania TV will be there for the entire weekend, the All-State race and the Great American race, and they'll be doing some pit interviews throughout the weekend. So that will be a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, and then this was the the text from, from Britt. I said, anything else going on? And the quote text, thinking about doing a practice tree race and maybe midget wrestling. Awaiting commitment from Mikey Bloomfield as he would be the headliner of the midget wrestling. Sorry, Mikey. That was a direct quote from Britt. That didn't come from me. Back to the uh, the Texas Motorplex division race. Super Street. We saw Ray Dew get the win over Zachary Martinez. Sportsman Motorcycle is a class that we don't usually talk about, but I saw... Buddy of mine, an excellent motorcycle racer in his own right, Mike Matthews, had posted that David Baugh, the winner of Sportsman Motorcycle, did it without a delay box. 
which is oh, impressive wow. in its own right, but he beat Michael Nash, who is like multi-time division champion. I don't know much about motorcycle racing. I know Michael Nash is a bad dude. So Mr. Ball beat him without a delay box. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Super comp, the aforementioned Britt Cummings, got the win over Jake Levitino. And that's back-to-back finals for Britt. And I didn't realize this until I saw his Facebook post yesterday. He's done this in a borrowed car. I didn't realize it either till then. Right. We've been driving uh, one of Lloyd Parfait's dragsters, was a uh, runner-up at the National Event in Houston last weekend, winner in uh, Super Comp at the Dallas Divisional this week. So shout out to Britt. Congrats. Yeah, awesome. Stock Eliminator at uh, Anna Sabret Candies defeat Rusty Hall. That's another red-hot racer. I think Rusty's been in a couple of finals recently. Comp yep. was uh, Craig Bourgeois knocked off Kevin Self. Top dragster, we saw Jimmy Araby over Wade Pennington. Super gas, look who came out of retirement. <laughs> My man TP yes. got it done. He said, well, I'll just, I'll stage up and race it. Kind of like Peter Biondo. He's like, I think I'll race this weekend. Holding a wallet at the end of it. He, he got by a tough, hot racer too. Koi Colliers. Yes, that's another one, <laughs> he right? Is, he is clicking off some wind lights right now. Without question. So congrats to TP. I wish, for my sake, that he could have pulled that off in Super Comp even though I would probably waive him when the free agency deadline comes up because I don't think he's going to pursue the championship this year. TP, for those of you that don't know, has a real job. I don't know what the world's coming to there, but uh, (laughs) sounds like he's only going to make seven, eight events this year. But, hey, if you win seven or eight events, that's all you got to go to. He's off to a good start. So, (laughs) super stock at Dallas, Joel Covington, no stranger to the winner's circle. He got by Pete Perry. Looked like Perry had problems in the final Top sportsman, another uh, guy that is no stranger to uh, holding up the Wally, smiling for the cameras, Bob Galetti, got the win over Keith Raftery. Raftery is one that we talked about. He got the win in Houston, off to a hot start himself. Uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on in the uh, in the top sportsman ranks. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and Bob Galetti, like you said, a guy that's no stranger to getting it done in those fast door cars. And dude got some fast stuff. Yeah, he's a bad dude behind the wheel, too. So, Luke, I think. They had a great event in Richmond for the the 10 Grand Slam, Richmond, Virginia. This was almost felt like kind of a pregame event for Galat. I know uh, there was a lot of people from the Northeast, at least, and from that area traveling down that kind of caught Richmond on the way. Sounded like, uh, according to uh, Jeff Verde, who thanks Jeff for for giving us some feedback on the event, something we can talk about. Sounded like they had the best crowd that they had ever had at Richmond for the 10 Grand Slam. So that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and I'm sure Peter and Kyle's uh, liking the sound of that. I mean, some more folks are headed their way, but uh, got up over 200 entries uh, in that event. So that was really good. And looking through the notes, something of, of interest. Josh Edwards got his first big win on Saturday, took $10,000 check. And a guy that, that come out from the junior dragster ranks that uh, everybody says he's got a lot of talent. and going to see a lot more out of that out of Josh in the future. Yeah, it looked like he knocked off uh, Mark Crump in an all-door final, which I know that uh, our track reporter, Mr. Verdi, was happy to see. He was fired up about that. Yeah, and I think uh, Jeff said he'd battled some transmission issues and didn't uh, make it out for Saturday, but got out for Sunday, and it looks like Andy Lloyd collected the big check uh, for a record day, record crowd there at the 10 Grand Slam. Yeah, and it looked like uh, Andy had a good weekend. He was also runner-up in one of the uh, gamblers' races, Shannon Justice. I think that was the biggest gamblers' race that they had. Shannon in the DragRacesResults.com dragster knocked off Andy Lloyd in the final. And uh, a couple of other results, two other gamblers' races were contested. Winners were Chris Barrow and Brian Mollison. Yep. 
the guys, uh, Johnny Davis and the guys over there at Richmond just always seem to have really good events and run them well. So sound like another job well done by those guys. Yeah, and a couple other notes from Jeff from his uh, team, Virginia. Uh, Megan Lotz is uh, the female representative for the Virginia State Championships, got her first ever perfect run. And I saw the time slip. I saw Megan and posted that on Facebook. So congrats to her. Perfect lamp, dead on zero. And yep. Steve Withrow, who I believe is the utility representative for Team Virginia, won the uh, the bogey dash for cash with a 1,000s package, which is cool enough. But I saw Wesley's mm-hmm. post. Wesley Washington had, had tore up something on his dragster, so Withrow handed him the keys to his car. So drive this one. It's good. And then when he did, he rolled his other dragster out of the trailer that hadn't been unstrapped all weekend. And went up for that line dial for dollars without a time run. And no way. And lay down one thousand total. <laughs> that sounds like capital W right there. That does sound like Weatherow <laughs> for sure. So really cool. And uh, so, again, that's uh, what action happened on the track. But, Luke, let's, let's talk a little bit about some action that's coming up that's starting to see a little uh, little talk about from you. Yeah, we always, uh, we we try to, every couple of weeks or so, preview an upcoming event that we're excited about. And obviously, I'm a little bit biased for this particular race. But uh, we thought we'd take a little bit of time today to talk about the JEGS Summer Door Car Shootout. Um, that's an event that I put on in conjunction with our local track management here at I-57 Drag Strip, um, Scott Bailey and his family. Our race, this will be the seventh annual event. It comes back to I-57 Drag Strip, which again is my home track, small track in uh, Benton, Illinois. This is bad. I should be able to tell you the dates right off the uh, top of my head here, and I'm struggling just a little bit. Let me pull up a flyer here. It's in July. I can tell you that much. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> July 14th through the 16th. I was going to say the week after mine, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we should both know this. So, But a couple of things, like our door car race has been going on for a lot of years. It's It's a lot of fun first of all I, I think more so than anything it's door cars only obviously if you've never been to i-57 drag strip it is a small facility we're right off the interstate if you've ever driven along i-57 in southern illinois you have seen the racetrack we jam pack it i mean we have typically between 200 and 250 entries and uh, that facility makes it look like four or five hundred like <laughs> it's full to the point that We have a a pre-entry process, and this is a deal that I feel like, Jed, like I don't want to take credit for this, but like we started this movement for the pre-entries in in Brackery, but it wasn't by choice. It was completely by necessity. It was about four years ago. Were you there? I was there. All hell broke loose, yeah. (laughs) The year year you got on Facebook and said, if you're not here, don't come. Yes, that's a really (laughs) difficult announcement to make. It was very tough. We got to the point that we were literally full to capacity. I literally made the phone call to the city and asked if the fire department could shut down the road that runs parallel to the racetrack so that we could park trailers on it. Yep. So it ended up like the rumor was that we turned people away. Thankfully, we did not have to turn anyone away. Everyone that came to race, we found them a a place to rest for the weekend, and we got them to race down the racetrack. But we were close. So at that point, there was no doubt that uh, in the future we needed to do something to limit the size of the field, hence the pre-entry process. And it's been a pre-entry race for the, the three or four years since. It's a neat setup, and the way that we do it, we try to give priority to our competitors that have been in the past. So we're taking entries from anyone right now, but uh, obviously the priority 
in the actual entry list will go to racers that have been here before. The second tiebreaker, so to speak, or second priority goes obviously the uh, the the order in which we receive the entries. So if we get yeah. 200, and we're taking 250 total. If we get 200 entries from racers that have been here before, they're in. And then the last 50 spots would be filled up by the first 50 that we receive from new entrants. So uh, yeah. if and, you're and interested, check out i57dragstrip.com. You can find all the details for entering there. It's a, it is a small facility compared to some of these big races that you see around the country. But there's room for what Luke has set aside as the, the predetermined number of entries. There's room for you. It's a phenomenal facility, not just in the racetrack part of it but all around i mean the concession stands second to none you're going to race in front of people if you come to the summer door car shoot there's going to be a great spectator crowd there and it's just got a it's a big race feel and a small country racetrack environment and it's it's like no other it really is i'm not blowing smoke up Luke's <laughs> no, skirt. that's it's- a good way to put it like i have a hard time putting into words how much fun that race is and to me like it's like it's like going back in time it, it reminds me of going like to the texas shootout with my dad before i was old enough to race like it's got that feel and part of it is because it's door cars only part of it is because it's a big purse but it's not so big that you can't have fun. It's not like, you know, yep. if you enter everything, you're, you're in for 375 bucks. It's not like you've got a $1,000 tab up there that everybody's worried about coming, covering. Yep. And there's something about it being a smaller facility that, like, the way that we park to get everybody in there, you don't have any choice but get to know the people that you're parking yes. with. And I think that there's a camaraderie that comes from that. Like, I look down and think, my God, how can these people be having fun? We're all packed in here like sardines, and everybody to a T is like, man, this is the most fun I've had in all year. Yeah. It's just a neat atmosphere. And, and we do our part. I mean, it's a it's a good purse. It's a great payback. We've got a ton of prizes that we spread out through the event. The, the goal is for everybody to go away with something. We do random drawings among second and third round losers that, that we give away, product certificates yes. and prizes and things like that, a ton of them. We've got over $30,000 worth of stuff that we give away for random awards and prizes and accomplishments throughout the weekend. So that's fun. Thanks to BTE, we put on a, a breakfast every morning, serve every uh, every entrant, every crew member, donuts, coffee, juice, muffins, goes through the pits. Vintage Trailers puts on a barbecue um, that we'll have Saturday night for everybody. Even uh, we go so far because it's during the summer. And I took a page out of, out of your playbook, Jed. You, you'd said one time at the at the WFC, like you give free buybacks, ice cream, or be of ice cream to for free to buybacks because right. how can you be in a bad mood when you're eating ice cream? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that we just we give ice cream to everybody. It's on the uh, it's up on the balcony of the tower. We call it the ice cream social in memory of, of Butch Doherty, good friend of mine that passed away a few years ago. And like I say, it just kind of adds to the atmosphere. In addition to the the main events. We've got a couple of bonus races for those that, that, A, like the speed. We've got a quick 16 event that's 100% plus payback. Uh, it's more of a show for the fans than anything, but it's always a fun event. And then yeah. uh, and then we've got a high roller race for the, the higher roller racers. It's a, it's a $500 entry, cash in, cash out. We pay out 100% of what comes in. We advertise it as winner take all. Obviously, it typically gets split before then. But I believe it was last year we had 41 entrants in that, so it was $20,500 kind of uh become tends to become the main event of the weekend but like i say it's hard to explain completely but it is it's just a fun atmosphere so if you've never been to the summer door car shootout or if you've never been to i-57 drag strip 
I encourage you to come out. I think you'll be blown away by the hospitality, by the professionalism of the track staff. Scott and his staff just do an incredible yes. job. And like I say, it's just, for lack of a better term, it's, it's just a fun race. So come on in. It really is. And you'll if you come there and race that race, you will leave there thinking that you were the only thing that anybody there cared about. I mean, it, the staff is very attentive. Luke leaves no detail unturned. And everybody that's involved in the event truly cares about you having an enjoyable experience. So come sign up if you're eligible. Hopefully you can make it on the list and get in if you're interested. It's a, it's a great race. Yeah. I hope to get back myself soon. If it sounds like something you want to do, you can enter at i57dragstrip.com. Like I say, the entries are open today. All right, Jed, we kind of a short show today. We didn't have a guest. We had a number of things to cover, but we've pretty well gone through them. But I want to have a little bit of fun with you. Okay. I know awesome. you saw, we, we try to keep up with social media and see where everybody's going. And let me say this now, like, thank you. We got a ton of feedback on our uh, Avoiding Theft podcast. Yes. And we will cover that probably be next episode. We've kind of got to get our ducks in a row and get a little bit more organized. But thank you for everybody that has uh, that has pitched in there. We'll try to mention all of it next show. And, and anybody that, uh, if you missed us or whatever, if you have any experience, like if, if God forbid you've had your equipment stolen or if uh, what we haven't heard one from is in with is anyone involved with law enforcement like if you've been through this from that side of things we would love to hear from you and get some input yep. on that aspect of it um yep. i already heard from a, a number of uh, insurance companies already heard from a number of uh, anti-theft products and gps devices and things like that but if you've got anything to contribute there that we can share next week by all means let us know yeah, absolutely. A ton of feedback. It's almost overwhelming to yeah. you as, as I read through it. It's like, man, who do you talk to? Who do you not talk to? So <laughs> don't get offended. Stuff, yeah. right. Don't get offended if we don't reach out to you. But uh, certainly if we do reach out, um, we're looking forward to, to speaking to a couple of people about that. Maybe not on the show, but definitely reaching out and talk to people. So it's, it's a subject that uh, we all need to be more educated on. No doubt. But uh, what I was getting at was there's just some I never too much into like the Facebook contests and the Facebook games, but the one that just blew up last week caught my eye and it was everybody talking about what, what concerts they'd been to and they would list out 10 concerts and you'd have to pick out the one that was inaccurate, you know, that they'd never been to. Yeah. So I know that uh, I haven't given you a ton of time to prepare here, but I want to put you on the spot too. So okay. all right, I'll go through. I don't want to do 10 because like, it is just too much and everybody will get confused and nobody really cares probably. But um, <laughs> concerts that, that I've attended, and I'm, I'm a country boy, right? Yep. So I'm going to list off four. One of them I haven't been to, right? Garth Brooks, Gary Allen, Pat Green, Tim and Faith. I tried. I probably overthought this. I'm trying to think, okay, Luke probably likes, you know, maybe a, a decent sized crowd, but he don't want to be involved in a crazy big crowd. So maybe not Garth. And so I started breaking them all down like that, but I'm going to say Gary Allen is the one. I don't know why I'm just picking that one. Man, you nailed it. And it's crazy because like, I am a huge Gary Allen fan. Like that dude's been my guy since I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. But I have never seen him live. Funny story. I had tickets to see Gary Allen live once. I was uh, dating. My girlfriend at the time had uh, had gotten us tickets, and it wasn't just tickets. This is when I lived in Texas, so you could go to concerts five days a week. <laughs> we had tickets to see Gary Allen at Cowboys Arlington, which was right by my house. And, I mean, when I say tickets, like we had, I don't know what they call them, but, like, there's the area where everybody stands there and you can dance. And then there's, like, <laughs> the tables that are up close to the stage. 
we had tickets on the table. So that's a pretty big deal, especially when you're, you know, 21 years old or whatever it was. So this is cool. And like, <laughs> we get there early because I'm fired up. I'm going to see Gary Allen, right? And this is going to be awesome. I don't even know who's opening for him or whatever. We sit in our seats and I could literally like throw my drink and it would land on Gary Allen. I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. So I, I, I go purchase that drink to not necessarily throw, but to keep. And, and of course, I get my girlfriend at the time one. Well, my girlfriend at the time, I think I was 21. She was not. And, um, the, uh, as I walked back to our table with the drink, I was followed by a bouncer, security, something like that, that wanted to see her ID. And then we were escorted from the presence. Uh, so <laughs> didn't get to, didn't get to see Gary Allen Oops. that night. Have never got to see Gary Allen again. And Gary Allen is coming to Heron Festa, Illinois, which is literally five minutes from my house, right? It's a pretty cool concert, outdoor deal, a lot of fun. Gary yeah. Allen's going to be here. I'm like, that's awesome. It is the Thursday night of the Sports Nationals in Bowling Green. Oh, no. To the point that I have thought about not going to the Sports Nationals in Bowling Green because, man, Gary Allen would be awesome. <laughs> but I'm probably going to miss Yeah, but, but you, you thought a little better. Yeah, but I have been to Garth. My wife got me tickets to Garth a uh, year Two years ago, awesome, best show I've ever been to. I've uh, seen Pat Green a number of times, and and actually, Jess and I just went and saw Tim and Faith. That was actually her Valentine's Day gift, I think, it was me trying wow. to be a sweetheart. But we did, <laughs> just last week, we saw Tim and Faith in St. Louis, so that was fun. I don't know why I picked Gary Allen, but I just, I felt like that was the, the show that you missed, so lucky me. Good call. How about you? You got some concerts for me? <laughs> I've been to, Luke, I've been to one concert in my life. So, I mean, you would have to pick the one I went to out well, of the Well, give me two, and I'll see if I can pick the one that's wrong. <laughs> okay, let's see. Who, who would I pick? I would... Man, I'm uh, going to strike out. This is going to be embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would say Luke Bryan or Alan Jackson. Oh, see, you tried to trick me right there like you had to think of the second one. You haven't seen Luke Bryan. <laughs> You, I was trying to trick you. Like I was trying I see, to think I know you of too it. well, Jet. I've been to one concert in my life. It was Alan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. All right, well I done. got you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, this actually, when I saw this, I'm, I thought, man, that's a pretty cool deal on Facebook. But like racers, we should turn it around and make it something that that we're interested in. And then the next thing I know, everybody's doing racetracks that they've raced at, and that was like my idea, but I didn't follow through on it. So nobody's going to believe it was my idea. <laughs> but uh, I'll throw this out there too because we, we've done a bunch of it. All right, I'll just do five. And keep in mind, I've raced a lot of places, right? So I'm, I'm going to try to throw one out here and trick you. I have been to, I'm going to name off five places, five or six, five. And you name the one that I haven't been to, okay? Okay. All right, Firebird, I believe it's Firebird International Raceway. It's a little confusing because there's two Firebirds, okay? But I'm talking about Phoenix, Arizona Firebird Raceway. Cottonwood Dragway, Dothan, Alabama. Orlando Speed World, obviously in Orlando, Cecil County Dragway in Rising Sun, Maryland, Lancaster Speedway in Lancaster, New York. Which of those five have I never been to, Big Dude? Okay, well, you've never been to there. never raced. You've there. you've been to Arizona several times, so you had to have raced Firebird. You got. You it. lived I've, in. I've run the national and the divisional there once. You lived in Alabama, and you probably got a wild hair at some point to go down south to, to Cottonwood. Do you realize how far I live from Dothan, Alabama? Yeah, I know, but you, you also ran at Atmore and Mobile or wherever. So. I've never been to Atmore, but I have been to Dothan. You're right. It's actually a funny story. I left. I got bored at the NHRA Divisional event in Reynolds, Georgia, 
and left Saturday afternoon and drove to Dothan because they had like a four grander on the top, two grander on the bottom. And uh, mm-hmm. my Vega, I actually won the bottom ball brace, drove all night, made it back to Reynolds in time for first round Sunday morning. Didn't wow. do any good at Reynolds, but it didn't matter because I'd done well at Dothan at, at Cottonwood at, uh, what do they call that place? It's not Cottonwood. They had, they had a nickname for it. You have any idea? No. Maybe, it was Cottonwood. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I have been there. Okay, so, so you you, you've, you've, you've got tons of friends in in Florida, and you've you've probably run a divisional or something at Orlando Speed World. So I'm gonna say you've been to Orlando. Okay, that's where you're wrong. Have not been to Orlando. You that? And all of my tra- when Orlando used to be a part of the Winter Series, but they stopped hosting that event about the time that I stopped traveling. And the I ran NHRA Division Two for a couple of years, but I think it might have been an IHRA track at that time. Like I, I've just I've never been to Orlando. Wow! So that's the one I've been to Cecil County. I actually same deal. I got bounced early at the national event in Virginia one year and hightailed up there for Anthony Fetch and JP Junior's race. Uh, the, the you sure did. I remember yeah, that. I took the stalker up there, and uh, and Lancaster Speedway. I actually saw some the the people that showed up on my Facebook. Lancaster was a popular place that they had been for whatever reason but i actually have been to lancaster my, my parents grew up in that area so we used to vacation up there and i raced at lancaster in a rental car but i have raced there so awesome i was going to pick cecil county but now i remember you did go up there to to fetch in jp's race so yeah. shoot and i knew the lancaster there's no way you just picked that one out yeah i knew that was like too obvious wasn't it yeah you gave that one away <laughs> <laughs> that is a surprise, though. I would have thought you'd been down Orlando. So uh, again, I'm going to put you on the spot and give me three or four and throw some in there that I can I can try to nail Jed on because you've been around. Oh. Well, I have uh, I've been around a little bit, but not nearly as much as you. Um, I would say uh, no problem in Baton Rouge. I would say Southeastern Dragway. Uh, what used to be Southeastern Dragway in Douglas, Georgia. Uh, yep, Douglas, Georgia. Uh, Quaker City Motorsports in Salem, Ohio. And I probably just gave that away easy. But, uh, I would say uh, Clay City, Kentucky. Uh, six, uh, uh, yeah, Mountain Park. Okay. Those my four? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've raced with you at no problem. So I'm going to rule that one out. I think you've been there. Oh, yeah. yeah he was there. I forgot. And I'm I was fairly I wasn't certain prepared. that I raced with you at one of the Ultimate 64s at Clay City. Yeah, I guess you would have been there, too. Man, I, I'm terrible at this game. So I'm going to mark those two out. And, like, Douglas, Georgia is way closer to Birmingham, Alabama than Quaker City is. And I don't know why on earth you would have ever gone to Quaker City Drag. I've never been to Quaker City. I've never been to Douglas, either. But I'm just, it's kind of like you said with Lancaster, like it's too obvious. I'm going to say that you've never been to Douglas, Georgia. I have never been to Douglas, Georgia. Oh, two for two. I am. <laughs> All right. Adam, Adam Davis and I took the trip to uh, Jeff Stewart and Rick Bear's okay. race. I thought they had had one of their races there. So. Okay. We took the Alabama Stacker on uh, the longest trip I've ever made uh, by vehicle to race. And, uh, Isn't wow, Quaker the was... place where the burnout box goes way uphill? Yeah, you you had to climb a hill to get up into the burnout box. Yeah, it's a like where's the Carolina? Interesting. What's that? More oh, elevation yeah. than Carolina, yeah. really? Yeah, except it's a it's a little bit bigger mountain up there. And, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite an experience for sure, but uh, really neat track. Honestly, if you ever get a chance, 
need to visit. It's awesome. Hottest place I've ever been in my life that when we were there somehow, you know, Ohio was supposed to be Wouldn't cold. That, right. <laughs> I think it was in August or something. It was miserable, but yeah, never been to Southeastern in Douglas, Douglas, Georgia. Me neither. It used to be a, used to be a hotbed back in, mm-hmm. back in my day, back in the eighties, nineties, that was a hotbed for, for Bigfoot break race. I don't know how I missed trips over there. Yeah, that's one I've never been to as well. Uh, and I know they had a bunch of IHRA division events when I was chasing IHRA, but I never made a trip down to Douglas either. And is that place out of circulation now? Is it no longer a racetrack? Well, I think it's in and out. It's uh, I believe it's currently being um, trying to run it. Somebody's trying to, to get things going there again. But probably like a lot of places, it's just tough to get the word out sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So, Luke, let's talk a little bit while we're closing things out about this is bracket racing elite this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast has been presented in part by this is bracket racing elite guys if you enjoy any of the training packages on this is bracket racing.com and there are a ton of them uh, you can get written trainings from five dollars each video trainings from twelve dollars each which is a tremendous value if you like those then i have a feeling you'll love this is bracket racing elite elite is a an exclusive membership community designed for racers just like you and me. Learn more about them by visiting thisisbracketracing.com. So a little bit of paying the bills there, Luke, and that wraps up episode 24. I definitely want to say thanks to our sponsors, the people that bring the podcast to you every week. And that's This Is Bracket Racing Elite and Racing RVs. Absolutely. want to say uh, thanks, as always, to PJ North, all of the uh, the tunes and uh that you've heard throughout the podcast that kind of break things up for us, plus the intro, plus the outro. Those are all PJ North clips. You can find him on iTunes. PJ's on Twitter. Get you some. PJ North. Yep. And uh, guys, certainly we plan to release a show every week of the calendar year. We're right on schedule. And make sure you stay tuned to us for plenty more going forward. I'm proud of us. We've really stuck with this weekly thing, haven't we? We we really have. <laughs> I guarantee good. you we have. I think a lot of that is really due to you, the listeners, and all of the feedback that we've gotten, especially at the racetrack. Like, it's so cool that people come up and yeah. tell us they enjoy the show and things like that. Obviously, uh, you're the reason that we're still interested in doing this. We're having a great time with it, if you can't tell. To get the, the latest episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, however it is that you're listening to this podcast now, there's a subscription service. Subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher. That subscription doesn't cost you anything. All that it means is that the next time that we release an episode next week, you'll get a notification direct to your phone or direct to your mobile device or direct to your computer letting you know that it's there so that you can listen before everybody else. Yep, absolutely. And uh, guys, tell your friends, you know, tell them all about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. I'll be honest as I can be here. I was not a podcast guy uh, prior to Luke asking me to be involved in this, but um, you don't know what you're missing. I, I'm, I'm starting to starting to try to tune in to one or two or more here or there, and uh, it's good stuff. So make sure you tell your friends and get your track involved. We've reached out and asked them on Facebook, asked some tracks to to play the sportsman drag racing podcast during downtime all down stuff just to keep from wearing the announcer out and and having the same old corn dogs in the concession stand what have you so tell your track get them involved i'm calling y'all out right now greer dragway is the only one that reached out to us my buddy red reached out and, and showed me a video where they were playing it during the downtime so calling some tracks out a little bit it's racing season it's time to get rolling let's play the sportsman drag racing podcast when you can at the racetrack fill some downtime 
Finally, you can join our Facebook community. We are the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast on Facebook page. Touch base with us, interact, let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show, how we can make it better, maybe ideas for a future show, and touch base with us on Twitter also. I'm at Luke Bogacki, that's B-O-G-A-C-K-I. Jed is at JP11X. We look forward to hearing from you guys, and we will talk again next week. Yep. See everybody at Galat, Luke. Good luck in Atlanta. Thank you, sir. Good luck to you and uh, everybody Thanks, wherever buddy. you're headed. All right. See you guys. This way alive. Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom ball before a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty. Switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.